We don't have to run around anymore, especially in, in, a, in, a, in a pandemic like this, you know, Seamless is everyone's best friend or, you know, Uber Eats or whatever. The problem is, is that is that, that throws off our brain chemistry, right? If we're sitting there all day and we're not getting exercise and we're not running around and we're not doing anything, then we just become sedentary and we sit there and figure out, okay, here's how we're doing nothing. And that hurts us. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies podcast. Today, our guest is Peter Shankinen from FasterThanNormal.com. Today, we're talking about the new normal of working from home and what that means for people with ADD, ADHD, and other neurodiverse conditions that can make some of these things a little bit more difficult. And Peter is a very successful entrepreneur. He has built and sold multiple companies. And today he hosts a podcast focusing on folks with ADD and ADHD and lessons for them to apply to life. And today we're applying those lessons to the daily lives where most of us are working from home now, right? I mean, you're probably working from home when you're listening to this. I work from home. I have been for a few years, so I'm used to it by now, but not everybody is. And we need to get those lessons out there so we can all take better care of ourselves, be more productive, and just be more satisfied in life. And that's what we're talking about today. This is a quick interview because Peter gets the info and we're covering some important lessons here. And he knows all about this stuff. Once again, he hosts a podcast focused around this. He has a fantastic brand around it. And he knows a lot about building wealth because he has built and sold multiple companies and written a number of books around these topics. Fantastic interview. Peter is a great guy to talk to. And I learned a lot on this one from Peter Shankman. He's built an awesome brand. He's got a ton of Twitter followers. So good for him. And you should certainly look him up on YouTube. He's got some fantastic talks that are related to this topic and a few others related to how companies should be treating their customers and building their brand. And I just found it so fascinating. So great guy to talk to. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I think these topics of ideas, not to say hacks, but strategies that we can use to make our daily lives better and more productive and more satisfying are very critical, particularly for those of us, you know, for everybody out there, if you got a day job, but you want to be building those streams of passive income on the side, you need to be productive during your day job and productive during your personal time so you can set up those cash flow mechanisms to bring those passive streams in because you need the time and you need the focus to get things done. So once again, we got Peter Shankman with us today. Without any further ado, here we go. Peter, thank you for joining us today. Good to be here. Great to talk with you. I, I think this is a huge topic we're going to talk about. It's on a lot of people's minds. But for those out there who are not familiar with you and your background, can you tell us about what you've done and accomplished real quick before we uh, dive in? Yeah, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. I started my career, the one job I ever had was America Online. I was a founder, one of the founders of the newsroom there. And then um, became an entrepreneur, started a PR firm, sold that, consulted for several years, eventually launched something called Help a Reporter Out with Harrow, which changed how journalists and sources found each other. That was acquired about 10 years ago by a company called uh, Vocus, now Cision. And uh, since then, I've written five books, uh, four bestsellers. I talk about, I'm a talking head on TV, talking about marketing, advertising, 
customer engagement, customer communications, customer awareness, customer experience. Up until about six months ago, when we hit this dystopian nightmare, I was traveling a quarter million miles a year, doing keynotes all around the world. Now I'm doing them all virtually, which leaves me with a lot of free time to spend with my seven-year-old daughter. Uh, I'm a single dad who lives in Manhattan uh, with her and a 21-year-old cat who uh, just has no more fucks to give. <laughs> That's great. And, you know, your your current brand or your current like focus and podcast and things like that is kind of what I wanted to dig into today. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do in terms of talking to the ADD and ADHD community and reality around us? Yeah, I mean, the thing about ADHD, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s, it was growing up in the 70s and 80s, it was a sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. You know, it only sort of became a real thing, quote unquote, uh, after that. And so I learned that my brain just functions differently, as do millions of other people around the world. I, I, I think differently, I act differently. In scientific terms, my brain doesn't produce enough dopamine, serotonin, or adrenaline as quote unquote normal people. And so and the H in the ADHD for hyperactivity is me always looking around to find something to keep me excited, to keep me going. I've learned ways of living my life that give me that dopamine, that not only make me more productive, but make me more uh, efficient and happier as a person. And so it's a very simple process. When I do those things, I'm happier. When I don't do those things, I'm not. And once you learn those secrets uh, or learn them, they're not really secrets, but once you learn those sort of ways of living, you know, and you realize that your brain is different, it actually could be a tremendous benefit. I mean, I, you know, I think all the success I've had, majority of it, if not all of it, is, is directly attributed to the fact that uh, I have ADHD and my brain does work differently. Well, that's great. I'm, I mean, I'm glad somebody's out there talking about it. And really, what I wanted to dig into today with you was to get back to that the way you put it, dystopian nightmare we all find ourselves in where, you know, most people who have or had some kind of an office job have been working from home to some degree and maybe working from home 100% for the foreseeable future. And to my mind, that's probably more difficult for folks with ADD or ADHD than those of us who at least have not been diagnosed with that. And, you know, coping with that, particularly in light of having major goals when it comes to some of our personal investments, things along those lines where we need to make our own time, but we're spending our entire day in the same space. I mean, how can we really deal with that and make the most out of our time when we're focused on you know, day job type tasks? So a lot of things you have to understand is that your brain works in certain ways and it gets used to certain things. And, and it's, you know, when we were cavemen, we ran around when we were hungry because we had to find something to eat and we found it and we ate and then we chilled until we were hungry again. And we did the same thing. We don't have to run around anymore, especially in, in, a, in, a, in a pandemic like this, you know, seamless is everyone's best friend or, you know, Uber eats or whatever. The problem is, is that, is that that throws off our brain chemistry, right? If we're sitting there all day and we're not getting exercise and we're not running around and we're not doing anything, then we just become sedentary and we sit there and figure out, okay, here's how we're doing nothing. And that hurts us. You know, the same thing happens when you're sitting at home all day. I mean, I, I used to walk just living in Manhattan, keep an office in Midtown. And, and even if I wasn't doing anything else other than just going to my office, sitting there and going home, I would walk four to five miles a day, right? Which is something that stopped, right? So the fact that I exercise every morning was even more important. I get up usually around 3.45 in the morning before my daughter wakes up. And I get on my Peloton bike, or if I don't have her, I go out for a run or a swim. This morning, I was at Brighton Beach at 5.30 in the morning for a sunrise swim, did about a mile and a half. You got to do something to 
give your brain the, the, the energy, the process, the chemicals that it needs. And that's even more importantly when you're sitting at home and it's very easy to walk three inches over to the couch or three inches that way over to the fridge, right? So you give yourself, you give your brain something in the morning. It's essentially the equivalent of, of eating something really healthy and letting that fuel you all day. If I work out first thing in the morning, I get enough chemicals in my brain that keep me going pretty much all day. You know, I, I, I swam this morning, I came back, I had a couple of calls, I had some work, I, I took my daughter to the playground, we just got back about five minutes ago, we were there for an hour, now I'm talking to you, um, I'm probably going to do another workout around 3 p.m., and then that's my day, right? And um, the rest of the time I'll just spend playing with my kid. If I don't do that, if I don't get that first workout in the morning, the day tends to go worse, and, you know, I'm not as productive, I'm not as focused, and then chances are I'm going to be like, oh, you know, I'm not really that focused, maybe I need something to eat, and without question, I'm going to order something bad for me, right? Well, you know, in the world of ADHD, there, there's no such thing as leftover pizza. If I order a pizza, I eat the pizza. And so, you know, now I've eaten eight slices of pizza. I feel like shit. Uh, I'm greasy. I'm logy. I'm gross. Well, I ruined that day. So I might as well just, you know, well, if I'm going to ruin that, I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning feeling like crap because I've ate eight slices of pizza sitting in my body. Well, you know what? I'm just not going to work out. I just feel like crap. All of a sudden, it's four weeks later, I've gained 20 pounds and I'm miserable. Right? So the key is to keep those guardrails up so you don't have that problem. So you don't have that first negative hit and you can go and keep going and, you know, it's it's the the great line from the West Wing, uh, John Spencer, who in real life was an alcoholic as well as on the show. He said, "You can't just have one drink because the problem is I don't want one drink. I want ten drinks." And, and the woman goes, the woman goes, well, are things that bad?" Because no, things are great. He goes, "Then why do you want ten drinks?" Because I'm an alcoholic, and it's it's very true. I have a very addictive personality. I know myself. Uh, you know, if there's alcohol in the house, I'm going to drink it. If there's pizza in the house, I'm going to eat it. So you have to be aware of yourself. And that's never more true than when you have to shift your environment like we have done in, in this pandemic. Hmm. So, you know, so work out, have some uh, degree of self-awareness. And I think that self-awareness sounds like it helps the, I think self-control is, is kind of a, a misnomer and, and in my opinion, kind of misplaced energy because if you have that self-awareness, then there's less kind of control required. You just say, I'm not going to order the pizza because I know I can't control myself from eating exactly if my daughter wants if my daughter wants a slice of pizza we'll go to the store we'll get two slices of pizza for her bring them home and that's what she'll eat right because we'd get a pie she'd have two out of six <laughs> right so particularly when it comes to I think you've used the term neurodiverse people in in these situations how does things like scheduling planning writing task lists things like that kind of factor in because for me, if I start writing a task list, it turns from two tasks into 10 tasks and then I have no ability to really prioritize those. So what do you think about that and like time blocking, writing tasks list or is it fool's errand, I suppose? I think whatever works for you is what works for you. For me, I keep on my watch, on my Apple watch, I have a Google Keep and every time I get an idea or every time I have an idea or I have to remind myself to do something, I either, I either tell it to Google Keep or I tell it to Alexa or whatever. And, you know, doing that uh, keeps me in focus. Like I'll, I'll remember usually on the bike is when I get the most, most creative ideas because, you know, don't mean swelling or like that. And so I'll shout sometimes two, three, four different things to Alexa to tell her to remind me later. And maybe one of them will be something that I'll wind up doing. It'll be a blog post or whatever, you know, but the, the key is to keep writing these things down and to keep using whatever way does work for you. And, and, and make sure that they, that they do work. And I would, even, I would even suggest, if you find a way that works, don't change it, right? And, and I usually rarely say that because I'm very, usually very much about you know, not being in your comfort zone, but when it comes to doing, like for instance, I, I do all my writing on airplanes and it's been brutal these past six months not to be able to fly. And so I've tried to make places where I can go and just be 
completely by myself and won't be interrupted and I leave the phone outside, you know, but for me, it, it, you know, I wrote my last book entirely on two planes. I took a trip to Asia uh, and wrote chapters one through five on the flight out and chapter six and seven on the flight back. Landed with a book and it works, you know, so wow. again, find what works for you and do it. So, you know, there are a, a few things in there. You made a comment about, you know, leaving the phone away, putting the phone away. And then, you know, that also leads me to a, a fairly, a topic that's important these days, I think, in terms of sleep hygiene and leaving our phone away and the fact that you get up at 3.45 in the morning, you know, managing that sleep and also just thinking about how our devices, our phones are constantly interrupting us. Is that something you're deliberate about or you recommend folks be deliberate about turn the phone off for a couple hours a day? And how do you think about that? You're never going to, uh, in my 22 years of being an entrepreneur, one time in my life did a client have to reach me at three in the morning and I wasn't available. One time. And even then I woke up at five and returned their call. Right? There's never been a moment where I'm like, oh my God, I've lost five clients because I shut my phone off for three hours in the middle of the night. You have to live your own life. And, and the interesting thing about getting out at 3.45 in the morning is that I go to bed super early. My daughter's out by eight. I'm usually out by 8.30, quarter to nine. And you know, everyone's like, oh my God, you're out at a quarter to nine. You're up at three. What are you, a farmer? It works for me. <laughs> You know, I remember, remember Gawker, you know, Gawker wrote a piece like Peter Shank was obviously a farmer. Like, well, you know, they're dead. I'm still alive. So it, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's whatever works for you. You know, it's whatever works for you. And for me, you, you know, it works that way. And I understand, I'm never going to tell you, oh, you have to get up early. You have to do what works for you. But it involves putting rules into place. You're not allowed to be upset with the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. Right. That's true. Good friend of mine always used to tell me, God, I wish I'd get up as early as you. I think you're so dedicated. I'm like, I see your Facebook. You're posting it one in the morning. You're liking some kid you haven't spoken to since second grade, his, a photo of his new car at one in the morning. Maybe if you weren't doing that, you know, like sleeping, you could get up earlier. So, you know, I'm not here to tell you like what you should do or shouldn't do, but I will tell you that we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. It's not about not having the time, it's about not having the desire or the priority. If you want to make exercise or getting up early or whatever a priority, then something else has to go. It's that simple. Interesting, okay. As somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned to state this publicly, I haven't yet, but I'm somebody who I've recently broken my Facebook addiction within the last month or so and I've been just completely off of it for, quite a while now, but it sounds like you're saying we don't want to necessarily say everybody should get off of Facebook, but we need I'm to not figure off out. Of Facebook. And that's the thing. I'm not off of Facebook, but I don't go to, I don't get into bed under the guise of going to sleep and then stare at Facebook for two hours. You have to figure out what works and what doesn't. And you know, it, look, if Facebook is where you want to be, great, have fun, but you can't complain about if you're on it till two in the morning every day, you can't complain that you weren't able to get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym. You know, it's basic physics. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rocket science. I got no, you. it's really not. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, th this is a, a, a topic that I think is super important, just working from home. And, you know, I think some companies, once we're out, out of the pandemic, some companies are going to refuse to kind of adapt and they're going to hang on to that office space because it's the way we've always done it. But many of us who were not 
work from home people before can probably expect our companies to do something different and incorporate some significant portion of working from home in our lives. And personally, I'm somebody, I love working from home, so it's not a problem for me, but I can see how for others, it, it could be a concern and, and managing our days, kind of eliminating some of these distractions that if they're not working for us would be super important. You know, again, it, it doesn't come down to having to completely sterilize your life. It comes down to doing the things that make the most sense. Like I'm sitting here, I'm in my kitchen because all I have in front of me is the view of the city. Right? I'm on the 56th floor, so I'm high enough up to see the view nice. and nothing on either side of me. Right. So I can't get sideways distracted. So I can work. I can, I'm in a comfortable chair and, and I take standing breaks and I drink water and whatever. And, you know, it's the best right now I can do. Hopefully, if we're able to get back to the offices, I'll go back to my office. My office is just a small little Regis space with no windows and, and a door so I can close it and shut out the world. But, you know, again, it's you make do with what works, but you, you still have the ability to create your own lifestyle and you have to do that. What works for you? Hmm. Wow. That's something to think about. Definitely something to think about. And, you know, I think, uh, I don't know if I could handle the window less office, but if it, if it's working for you, then it's no different works. than a plane for me, right? Mm. I'm on the plane and I'm doing everything I need to do. Yeah. No turbulence in the office though. This is true. Yeah. Great. Well, right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Peter, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Go for it. All right. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? My Peloton bike. Uh, it has saved me, uh, especially during the pandemic, but I've had it for about four years now and it has helped me handle way too many crises and, and, and arguments and just bad days. And, you know, you get on that thing 40 minutes later, you're like, everything is awesome. Nice. That's so important. And, and it, you mentioned the, the pandemic and I think many of us, you know, my workout regimen was disrupted. I had to find something new when that struck. And I can see how the Peloton, if you were already in that swing, it would have been a very uh, handy asset to have in place already. No question about it. On the other side of that, we had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? When I sold my company, uh, I put money into several startups, you know, like everyone who sells a company does. And uh, I learned a lot about investing and what to look for. And I, unfortunately, I learned that by losing a lot of money. But <laughs> on the flip side, I also have a couple of the companies that are doing really, really well. And so I think at the end of the day, just because you have the ability to do something doesn't necessarily mean you should do it right away. Learn first. Interesting. That's good to know. I, I, I feel like I have not invested in startups, but I'm not sure I would have the skill set to pick the winners from the losers myself. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? If you're not taking care of yourself first, no other choice you make about anything will be beneficial. You are your own longest project. You're your own best investment. And if you're not taking care of yourself first, you will never be able to be as good as you could be with anything else in any part of your life. Wow. That is great. And I, I think it's something that Personally, I, I certainly struggled with here at the beginning of the pandemic and, you know, kind of caught myself there after a little bit, but not after that slide. And, and that is a fantastic lesson that I think many of us have probably struggled with out here. 
Peter, thank you for joining us today. I think this is a huge, again, you know, ADD, ADHD, and dealing with kind of our our new normal, at least for now, in terms of uh, how busy professionals find our, our daily lives going. If folks want to learn more about you, more about what you talk about, if they want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, so my entire life is shankman.com. Uh, the podcast is fasterthannormal.com. That's the ADHD podcast. And I'm at Peter Shankman on all of the socials. Fantastic. Well, all those links will be in the show notes as well. So if folks want to get links, find them there. And uh, thanks once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thanks for tuning in once again. Have a great day and a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.